You're with Cameron here on 2VM and a very special uh, accounting practice that has been started up exactly 100 years ago and has served the community ever since is the uh, Cummins and Wallace, otherwise known as C&W uh, Accounting Firm. And I'm here talking to Richard Cummins, who's the grandson of the founder, Robert Edward Cummins. How are you going, Richard? Yes, good morning, Cameron. It was your grandfather, Robert Edward Cummins, that started up the uh, the business. Uh, tell us about how he started it up and uh, where he came from. Yeah, thanks, Cameron. Look, and, and thank you for the opportunity. It's 100 years ago today that my grandfather, Robert Edward Cummins, known as RE, yep. started the accounting practice, the very well-respected accounting practice, uh, Cummins and Wallace, now CW in Moree. Now, he arrived in Moree in 1914 as town clerk. Um, for the Moree Council, and um, he was town clerk till 1919. Um, He then had a brief stint with J.T. Crane & Co. and started his accounting firm uh, on the 1st of June, 1920. Um, In 1925, he was the mayor of the town, so he was 30 when he started his his accounting practice, and he was 35 when he was mayor, which he was between 1925 and 1927. Uh, and Robert did a lot for the community too, including uh, being secretary for the Moree District Hospital. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about all the work that he's done for the community over the years? Look, I think he, um, I think he found that starting an accounting practice was a way that he could um, deliver a good service to the community mm. and a very expansive service. I mean, he seemed to be in everything. He was the Secretary of the Chamber of Commerce. He was the President at one stage. He was the President of the Caledonian Society. Um, he was, uh, uh, you know, in the in the lodge, which was a, a important thing to be uh, in. I think during those times in the 30s and 40s, um, he was very involved when he was uh, on the council with the tree planting in Moree. Mm-hmm. Um, he was look. He was involved with everything, um, but it certainly. Um, from the, the notes and history that I've got, there were absolutely no limits to his um, energy um, when it came to do with the Mori Hospital, anything to do with the Mori Hospital. Um, mm-hmm. He became the secretary, um, well, between 1921 and 1947. He was paid six pounds a week for the role, and, and the accounting firm was done by CNW um, for no extra charge. And the only reason he actually retired as secretary was the hospital's commission insistence that the secretary must work on the premises. Yep. So then you got his son, Bob, to take over, uh, which he did until 1951. So, um, and um, he was so very active. And uh, 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 Mr. J.T. Crane was the president uh, around that time. And, um, and after his retirement, uh, RE, um, uh, my grandfather had a long association with the new president, Mr. Alf Jones, and few people really know how they battled to keep the hospital going during the Great Depression. I think they both paid the staff wages week in, week week out for a time. Um, So there was, and and everything, you know, um, uh, 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 earphones for radio, he introduced to the hospital so patients would be more comfortable. He was just involved with everything. Mm. Um, Absolutely no limits to his energy is what I'm uh, told. It sounds like a, a wonderful man indeed, and you've uh, released a book about uh, the 100 years of accounting in one family. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the book and what people can uh, expect to find? Oh, Cameron, look, it's, it's just a short story um, um, uh, for me to honour my grandfather um, um, and also my father, who became a, uh, a partner in the firm in 1953. 
Bruce Cummins, mm-hmm. uh, and also the very well-regarded and respected Barry Roberts um, and Max Spencer, um, who I think might have left uh, in the late 1950s. Um, so that was the purpose of the book. But um, it, it, So it's really a tribute to my grandfather and my father. It, it's mm-hmm. unusual that, that in, a, in a twist of fate that when you add up uh, the uh, years of service that my grandfather, uh, sorry, since he started the firm in 1920, uh, delivered as an accountant until he died, and my father and, and myself, I'm a chartered accountant as well. Mm-hmm. It also comes to 100 years uh, in 2020, so that's just another coincidence. Exactly right. And you also have a few people to thank as well for company success and uh, people that you've been associated with. I do, Cameron. But look, before I do, can I just uh, tell a few very brief stories because I really want to yep. uh, be able to, to just uh, you know, report um, how Cummins and Wallace C and W has been a very has a very proud history of um, of community service. But the first very brief story is World War Two evacuation planning. Mm. When um, when the Australian mainland cities were being bombed, uh, the Prime Minister John Curtin and the British High Commissioner uh, expressed interest that people be taken to inland areas. The uh, Mayor of me, Mr Heinrich, I think was how you pronounce his name, he co-opted my grandfather. And, uh, and Jack Kavner, who many people will remember as that wonderful musician. Uh, as a young kid at the time, I can remember so many wonderful Jack Kavner performances of you know, the Pride of Erin and all those dances we mm. used to observe on the sidelines as kids. Anyway, my grandfather was appointed chief organiser, and, um, and Jack Kavner was the uh, coordinator. And the Cummins and Wallace staff um, would all jump into action, and they, in, in a matter of hours, uh, in February, March 1942, they, they'd organised, you know, uh, started the organisation for 450 um, women and children to be brought to Moree. So I just thought that was an amazing thing that the, the county practice switched gear and said, hey, we're going to get all these people to Moree. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah. Um, now, the hospital I just mentioned, he had a, he had a, 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 a there was a Cummins Ward named in his honour uh, for his service. He also was very involved with helping with ownership in Moree, very aware that. The average person desperately wanted to own their own home. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of his great achievements was he started a number of building societies and 120 people in town were, being, were able to acquire their homes through this effort. Um, and finally, um, uh, in 1936, there was a decorated World War uh, One soldier, uh, Lieutenant Joseph Maxwell, who worked with the form. Now, Joe had received a, a Distinguished Conduct Medal, a Military Cross, and a Victoria Cross um, in just over a 12-month period. So a DCM, an MC, a bath of that, and a VC. Mm. And uh, when, he, when the war was over, he was only 22. And he worked uh, at Cummins and Wallace. I don't know how that happened. But he, he lived with my grandparents um, uh, in Albert Street. My grandparents lived uh, on the site where voice accountants have their building. And... Um, and he stayed there for a while, and he used to accompany them over to the coast when they wanted to get some fresh air. Yeah. Um, and my grandmother, when the robot got a bit rough, she ordered my grandfather to stop the car, and she'd just walk on the road, and he'd drive behind her so she could just settle down a bit before they got back in the car and, and okay. jumped on the road, and you know, so continued on the rough roads. So, I mean, he was a, a celebrity. I think he was quite a troubled man. Um, uh, my, my aunt told me. Um, but um, he was certainly a very distinguished uh, man. And the only other thing is, in 1930, 
when the firm had started a branch in Narrabri, um, my grandfather originally got his licence and car, and with a young employee, they were driving to Narrabri, and the um, uh, my grandfather apparently was uh, concerned that the that the car was a, a bit noisy, and he he said to the young employee, he said, "Look, uh, I hope the car's not going to break down." Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, the young employee, um, probably very nervous, uh, respectfully said, uh, "Mr. Cummins, I think." Um, it won't be as noisy, and it will go faster um, if you're prepared to take it out of second gear. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So you know, um, you know his way around the car now. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Well, thanks very much, Richard, for talking to us today, and big congratulations on the massive milestone, and let's hope Cummins and Wallace can continue to serve the community for 100 years more. Cameron, thank you for the opportunity to pay this tribute to my grandfather. Yep. I'd like to uh, congratulate all of the Cummins and Wallace staff on this uh, 100-year anniversary. I'd like a special thank you to John Humphreys, who was never too busy to meet with my my aunt, Ari's daughter, at the office for a coffee when she visited Maureen. It meant so much to her. Yep. I'd like to pay tribute to the past and present partners for their own individual and collective contributions and to the thousands of people, and there have been thousands of people over 100 years who have worked at the firm, and my grandfather would be so proud that his legacy has survived to reach this milestone. Mm. But, but most of all, um, most of all, uh, I want to thank the clients of the firm, because without you, there would be nothing to celebrate. No worries. Well, thank you very much, Richard Cummins, and uh, all the best for the next 100 years. <laughs> thank you very much, Cameron.